Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are meeting with a special guest. I promised you guys I'm going to keep the stories coming both from people just like you and guest experts who have a broader perspective than I do. Different perspectives are so powerful in this work. So today with us, we have Victoria. Victoria is a successful intuitive eating coach and podcaster who talks about all things intuitive eating, eating disorders, self-love, mental health, body image, empowerment, wellness, diet, culture, confidence, all the things that we love here too. And we're so glad that we are aligned with her. She is Canadian, currently resides in Bali and is helping women all over the world. We are so glad to have you on the show today. And we're looking forward about chatting about intuitive eating and self-love, how they come together, how they emerge and how we can cultivate that within ourselves. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. I love that intro too. Man, if I could just walk into rooms with someone and like announcing me like that, I'd feel so special all the time. Thank you. <laughs> Read it to yourself every morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the mirror, like an affirmation kind of a thing. I love it. <laughs> uh, tell us more about you aside from this fabulous intro. How did you get into this work? Who are you? Yeah. So my name is Victoria um, <laughs> and I'm a science-based intuitive eating coach. And yeah, so I kind of fell into this work. It was never my intention to be an intuitive eating coach, but it really came out of moment of need. So I struggled with, you know, my mental health, my entire life and my body. And I'd kind of convinced myself, like so many of us, that once I reach this goal weight, my life will start. I'll be happy. Everything will be wonderful. And so I struggled with that on and off. And then I started working in Montreal after university at a corporate beauty company, corporate, like a fortune 500. And the culture there was like very vogue, very look beautiful and thin. And at this point I had just stopped playing university volleyball. I was eating my way through everything. So I just could not cope. And no one was talking to me. Yeah. It's a huge transition. It was like this shift of identity. It was, I didn't know who I was. I was alone in a new city it was like minus 30 degrees Celsius in Montreal. <laughs> like it was cold and food was like this love and this comfort that I really needed in those moments. It was such a love hate relationship with it. And I was, so I was working corporate and I felt like no one was talking to me. And again, this idea, like I'll just lose weight and things will be great. And so I went on this crazy Instagram influencer weight loss program, like a 12 week program found the influencer with the best abs and Potter program. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just kind of blindly assumed since she had millions of followers that she knew what she was doing. And there I was, you know, eating like 1,000, 1,100 calories a day, just starving myself. But at the same time, being blasted all over her profile, like her social media profiles, look at Victoria, look at her transformation. And 
I was getting all this attention that felt like happiness. It felt yeah. like love. It felt like connection, even though it was so empty. And so it was this weird thing. Work, new city, like this oh. is making so much sense. It really all like looking back, I was like, it was the perfect storm. Like yeah. it was just everything would just make, like work together in such a way. And yeah, I, I basically continued on this kind of weight loss, completely out of control journey and found myself standing on a top of a mountain at 3am after running 30 kilometers because I'd had an extra handful of trail mix. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what is happening? And it was really this earth shattering moment of like, you know, I'm at this in this smaller body, I'm unhappy, I'm miserable. Now what? And so I started my recovery journey. And essentially, what had to happen was I started talking to counselors and psychologists and they were very much, you know, just love yourself, eat like you, you know, like these, you know, like you, you love yourself. And for me at that time, there was not a sense of love for myself and my body. And I'm excited we're going to go into self-love because at that point I was the furthest thing from it. And so I really had to anchor in the science and the understanding what was actually going in my body, on in my body on a biological level, which I found really empowering. I was, yeah. I wasn't broken, you know, yeah. it was wasn't self-sabotage. It was self-protection. So many of those key things. And I realized that no one was really teaching that. So that's kind of how my coaching program became born is the one that saved my own life and changed my life. And so I left my corporate job and started doing this full time. So that was the long, short answer. (laughs) I love it. Well, and you came so first full circle. And like we said, it's like that, you know, that converging of a perfect storm, Mm -hmm. which it is for so many people. And, you know, I'm glad there's people like you who find intuitive eating and lean into, you know, hey, my body needs food and let's talk about this. Or here's here's how I came to be, you know, where I was. Like low mood is a very common symptom of not eating enough. And a lot of people who've dealt with that on a chronic basis tend to think, oh, yep, this is just me. This is my personality. I'm blah. I'm down and out. And circumstantially, you know, you were in a tough spot transitioning, but it was definitely, yeah, keeping you from being loving and finding that within yourself. So thank goodness you did. Mm-hmm. So you can teach other people about intuitive eating and like finding more peace for themselves. The world is grateful for that. You know, what's kind of some of the ways or the, how you bring intuitive eating into your work with clients? A lot of my listeners are people who are wondering a lot of these same things. Yeah. So What I love about the way that I teach and the way that I coach is I really help women feel really empowered by understanding their own biology. So I think, I mean, we're born intuitive eaters, right? And we're taught and sold this idea along the way that we can't trust our body and we have to adhere to these diets and these rules and all these things. And so once we understand, you know, why we're doing something, why I'm craving this, why every time this one thing happens, I want to go eat the the whole kitchen. All of a sudden, it's you take back that control and you start to learn to trust yourself again. And so I think about so much of intuitive eating is just trusting yourself and knowing that your body knows best. And when we understand our own biology, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get it now. And you have these little aha moments. And over time, you know, these little moments of wins, they turn into the moments of trust. And that's really what I help empower women with. So I think trust is at the core of it. And then as well as you have the biology of, you know, it's like I mentioned before, it's not self-sabotage, it's self-protection. And, you know, if we're restricting ourselves from eating foods, it's a natural response for us to binge and get those calories in to keep us alive, right? Uh, I love that because it's, 
it's like, as you find this trust and you understand this biology of, oh, it makes perfect sense that this happened to me. Here's how my body responded. Anybody would respond this way, or a lot of people might Mm -hmm. respond this way. It's impossible for self-compassion to not at some point come out. You're like, you know, if this can really happen to anybody and I see this happening to people everywhere, then why am I so bad? You know, and and what's so different about me? And I think with self-compassion, and this is something that I think is really lovely about how you practice, and I want to talk a bit more about it, is I think a lot of people start out like you, where the idea of like self-love seems like a total pipe dream. Mm-hmm. They might even be mm-hmm. skeptical. They're like, what? Like, I just, just seems like, no, that seems unrealistic. It seems ridiculous. So mm-hmm. talk to me about how like self-love emerges and how you see that kind of connecting for your clients and also, yeah, with yourself, like how that was for you. Yeah, it was super tough because I was such, you know, I saw everything black and white. It's perfect or it's terrible. I ate perfectly today or I totally messed it up. And so screw it. I'm going to go eat everything or whatever. So there wasn't a lot of space left for self-compassion understanding, which is why, you know, intuitive eating is so beautiful because it really is at the core of it, that self-compassion and that understanding of self. And so I think what I struggled with the most when I was, you know, starting this journey, I think what other women struggle with as well is this piece that they think that by loving themselves, they're never going to improve. Almost as if like there's a piece of self-acceptance, which means I'm okay with where I'm at now and I'm never going to strive for better. But it's this whole idea of like, it's only through self-acceptance can we start to move towards self-love. And when we beat ourselves up and shame ourselves, we're moving in the wrong direction. You know, if I, I tell you, you know, you look terrible and you're disgusting and you're horrible, you're not about to go and like listen to your body intuitively. You're probably going to go and like, eat a bag of chips and curl up on the couch and watch Netflix. I mean, that's what I would do, right? And yet we speak to ourselves in such harsh terms and so cruelly and then expect that to be a motivating factor. Whereas if anyone was bullying us in that way, we would have the response of self-soothing, which is what ends up happening. And so I always challenge women, you know, if it's look at this piece of self-acceptance and self-compassion as a stepping stone to getting to self-love, not this idea of I'm moving backwards or now I don't know where I can improve. You know, it's no, no, you need that as that and like first crucial step in order to start to make progress. Yeah. And wow, I think you hit it to the core with that because mm-hmm. it's, it's around this idea of self-acceptance. And what does the word acceptance mean to you? Which like you said, mm-hmm. it means for a lot of people, this mediocrity or not changing or giving up or giving in. And by moving through that, self-love makes so much sense. There's this real human dignity there. Yeah. So self-acceptance for me is always that first step into self-love. And then kind of going into that more, a question that Mm -hmm. I always love to ask myself and a question that I always ask clients to pose themselves is, am I doing this out of love or out of hate? Because oftentimes the behaviors that we're doing are punishing. It's restrictive. It's fear of weight change. I hate myself. I'm not enough as I am. And again, as I mentioned, that's really going to drive often like self-soothing kind of behaviors versus the, am I doing this because I love myself? You know, for me, like I love to move my body through exercise. It's not, I love to burn calories, you know? So it's like challenging that. Like I hate myself, so I have to burn calories or, you know, you can have the green smoothie or the green juice if you like enjoy the taste of it. And that's what you really, what you want, but don't do it because you hate yourself and you really wanted the milkshake instead. So 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a super easy way to just constantly kind of ask yourself, love or hate, love or hate. And that can really start to unravel some things for you and help you on that journey of self-acceptance and self-love as well. That is awesome. And how you're using that self-love and that acceptance as the platform for the neutrality with these foods and the permission to choose what you really need in that moment, no matter whatever strings you think are attached to that. Mm -hmm. Staying true to yourself ultimately. Absolutely. Right. Because I mean, every food is neutral. Humans are meaning making machines and we love to assign meaning to it. (laughs) And, you know, it's, we spend so much of our time obsessing about, you know, I should have had the apple, but I had the brownie instead. And like, that really is, I think what makes food, I don't want to say toxic, but it's when we're stressing and obsessing and worrying and all that, like a, a simple apple can become, you know, a bad apple if we didn't actually want that apple and we're stressed about it and we wanted the brownie instead, then we end up having, you know, three different kind of protein bars and five other, like, you know, we end up having way more than we brownie would have had. Brownie protein bar. Yes. You oh my God. It's the brownie. Like, <laughs> Finally. So true. And then by the end of it, you're just like, screw it. I'm having the brownie. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Really cut out the middleman on that one. (laughs) You're probably listening because you want expert help changing the way you think about food. If you're tired of piecing together random information and doing this alone, we have everything you need in Realign Community, where for only $79 a month, you get live support from me, weekly calls, videos and worksheets, a community Facebook group, and email support so you can figure out where you're stuck and take action. You can check that all out at realignedcommunity.com. Again, it comes back to this idea of like, I don't trust myself to just have the brownie. And so I'll just kind of dance around it. And then in the end, have the brownie and then lose trust of myself. And I think so much of dieting is this over time, it's like kind of death by a thousand paper cuts of, I messed up again, I messed up again, what's wrong with me, I'm broken. And then eventually you're just like, of course I can't trust myself. You know, every time I go on a diet, I mess up. Again, understanding it's our body's natural response to restriction. I always use the example, like, you know, if you hadn't fed a dog food in three days, and then all of a sudden it broke into the cupboard and ate like, two whole bags of food, you couldn't get mad at the dog. No. And yet we put ourselves on these crazy restrictive diets and make yeah. things off limits and expect us to behave in this perfect, unanimalistic way when we are animals and we need food to live. The quote I always think back to is, restriction creates rebellion and allowance creates space for choice. So rebellion, whether it be you think about it biologically, like our body's rebelling and kind of taking back control or however you want to think about that. But when you give yourself that permission and that allowance, it's like your brain, your body feels like, oh, it's, it's safe. It's yeah. not going to be taken away. I'm not going into a famine. I can relax. And then food loses its novelty. You yeah. know, if the chocolate's always there and I can have chocolate every moment of every day, I get bored of that chocolate pretty quick. Right. But... If I tell myself, you know, starting tomorrow, I'm never having chocolate again. Guess who's binging on chocolate tonight? You yep. know, <laughs> the last time get it now, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That last supper. <laughs> Absolutely. And like the way, you know, we're talking about it right now, it strikes me that, you know, somebody listening might think, oh my gosh, well, easy for you to say with the chocolate. But again, it goes back to that distinction of in the beginning, when you're in this place where you're so deprived and your biology is all fired up and you don't have the trust because you've just had all of these really just demeaning experiences with eating, 
that, you know, really bringing in these intuitive eating principles of having permission to eat, having respect for your body, having that, you know, kind of rejection, eating all foods that inevitably acceptance will come, trust will be reborn. And that decision of chocolate or apple will truly feel neutral. Yeah, it takes time. And a tool that I actually love when it comes to the topic we've come up a lot is trust. And like you said, trust is built over time. You know, it's not just like in these big, huge moments. So what I like to do with clients is actually have what I call a trust and wins document. So it's just like a little notes app on their phone called trust and wins. And every time you have a little momentary win of something that has gone well with food, you know, you chose to let your body rest instead of forcing yourself to go to the gym when you didn't want to. You allowed yourself to have the piece of chocolate when you actually want a piece of chocolate, whatever that looks like. You're going to note that down and you're going to just make a note of it. And then you have this big compiled list of all these wins. And what's amazing about that is that our brain, it's primed for the negative. Like it's designed to only remember the bad things. Like our brain wants to remember that the red berries are going to kill us, not that the yellow berries are delicious as a survival technique. And so all of our remembering is all the times that we binged, emotionally ate, messed up. So what we want to do is really flip over and okay, all the times that actually things went really well. And I was proud of myself and I had these little wins. And that's where we want to shift our focus and really start to, again, prime our brain to look for more of them by focusing on them. And so just a little simple tool there, but I invite people to do that because it can be really, really powerful when we start to realize like, hey, I actually can trust my body. A hundred percent. And it sounds like that would really build up momentum in Mm -hmm. terms of if you're having a difficult moment and then you can go, wait a minute, no, I've done this three times in the last two weeks. Like you said, then your brain is more apt to find these things, notice them, take note of them. And you're essentially rewiring your brain and we're back to science. And I love it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's amazing. Like, Yeah. Like every time that we do it, every time we're noting it down, we're getting hit a dopamine, which is that anticipation of reward creates a positive reinforcement loop for reward. So we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then it feels really, really good. And then because our brain works off of evidence to know it's safe to do something, when we have all this documentation of, hey, it's safe to trust yourself, there's familiar. Again, we're more likely to go and do it. Oh, that is just absolutely wonderful. And I feel like that really goes along with, you know, kind of the last thing we really wanted to chat about was self-love, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like you almost just created this beautiful exercise and I don't want to add anything else to it because I want our listeners to be like, wow, I'm literally opening up a notes app after this and I'm going to start cultivating self-love. This girl kind of dispelled some things that I was super skeptical about and turns out Maybe it's not a ridiculous concept. It's actually beautiful. And why not me? Yes. I love it. Yeah. What's like for you, like what has been some of your favorite ways that you've seen self-love show up for some of your clients? I think one of the biggest things that I find so beautiful is that there's this feeling of worthiness to enjoy their own life. And it almost makes me emotional to talk about because I know. Yeah, I think there's so much this idea that they have to earn the right to do the things that they love. When I reach this weight, if I eat perfectly today, or you know, if I eat this many calories, then I'll deserve to have the cake, whatever that looks like. And all of a sudden, when you start to step into this feeling of self-love, which is really just I'm worthy, I am enough as I am, 
which we all are, you know, and we've been sold by different industries, this idea that we're not enough because it's very profitable for them. Yes. But when we start to step into that, like, I, I love seeing clients, they, their careers change, relationships, you know, open up and relationships flourish, like friendships flourish, they go traveling, all of a sudden, there's so much more space in their life because they're no longer just being consumed by food in their body. And so it's just this blossoming which is just so beautiful to watch and be a part of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it, like hearing you talk about that, it just makes me so grateful that you went through that transformation yourself because mm-hmm. you're the reason that these other people are now experiencing that. And wow, the world is so cool. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's a pretty wonderful, amazing place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I love to always ask my guests as we kind of close out is what is something that you want everyone to know a parting message aside from the wonderful ones that you've already told us? I would have to say that through my lifetime of struggling with this, you know, I've learned that your body is the least interesting thing about you. You deserve to take up space in this world. And if you've been socialized as a woman, you've probably been told to shrink, keep yourself small, skinny. And I want you to challenge that. Yeah. You know, we need to lean in, we need to step up, take a seat at the table, you know, run for office, whatever that looks like. The world needs you. And if we're spending all of our time trying to keep ourselves small, then there's no opportunity for you to be big. Oh, Victoria, that is so beautiful. And I think that you know, the listeners, I hope that they can feel your energy and your love because it's so obvious and it goes so much in hand with your body just not being the most interesting thing about you. And we have so much else to do. And could you tell everybody where they can find you, what you're up to, what's next? They're going to want to connect with you. I would absolutely love to connect with everyone. So shoot me a message over on Instagram. I'm very active there, usually dancing, to be honest, um, but also (laughs) doing little mini trainings and stuff. So that's at Victoria Evans Official. And then you can also find me on my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com. And I have different programs there and ways to work with me. Then I have my podcast, Weighing In on Happy, which you were on. And I'm so excited for episode to release. So you can definitely catch that. And yeah, all those ways. And I'm love to chat like in the DMs or find me on my website. Super approachable and love to chat. So thank you so much for being here. I loved this conversation today. Thank you so much. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.